look who's here today. Now, now, the last time, you just got to love somebody whose first name is Judah. Like, if you got a problem with somebody whose first name is Judah, I promise you, you got the problem. Especially if they're apostolic. Last time that brother Judah was here, I think he was about this tall. And he had the biggest puffy cheeks. And all the women in the church loved to come over and grab his cheeks. He, and he smiled. All I remember is that he smiled incessantly. You know, that's a good attribute. Um, a smile, it, 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 it does a lot. It does a lot. It does a lot. But today, he's a man of God. And he and I, and it's so good to have Brother Kenneth Fitzpatrick. Something has to be said. Brother Ken Fitzpatrick has been helping us with Summit for 20 years. Brother Ken, we love you dearly. You're a precious, you're a precious man of God. Just are. He heads up the music department at Christian Life College in Stockton. Incredible. Incredible man of God. Just really is. Um, Brother Judah Williams and I were talking last night. His father and mother, Brother Randy Williams, Sister Barbara Williams, we were their very first revival when they left their home church in Pueblo, Colorado. Many, many moons ago. Right now, Brother uh, Randy Williams is an incredible man of God, mover and shaker and pastor in Fort Myers, Florida. Um, but that very first revival, it was a three-month-long revival. And I'm saying all this because Brother Judah was right in the mix of that. That during that revival, he had to go preach a youth conference somewhere. And so when he came back, when the plane landed, he told me that the Holy Ghost spoke to him and said, go and pray for that new building in Liberty Lake, which was the building across the street. Not this one, that one. 2013, thank you. My wife's got a brain like a computer. You married men, say amen. You ain't going to get away from with nothing. Brother Randy Williams told me that when they pulled up to this building, he saw an angel standing in front of that building. And last night, while recounting that story, Brother Judah Williams filled in a few blanks because he saw some things too. He was there. He was there with his father. I want Cornerstone to put your hands together unto the Lord. We want this man of God to come and preach to us. Brother Judah Williams. Love you. I wonder if somebody would go ahead and give that up to Jesus in this house. 
the Bible says if we had 10,000 tongues, it still would not be enough. I have one tongue and I still can't give you praise enough, Jesus. I still can't glorify your name enough, Jesus. You're so worthy, God. Jesus. Well, it is my distinct honor, privilege to be standing in behind this pulpit this morning. And as Bishop Mayo began to talk about food being prepared by someone who just really doesn't know about it, it got me thinking. There's something that happens when you come into a church and they know the recipe. But beyond knowing the recipe, they got the soul behind it, Bishop. And let me tell you, you walked into a building today that we don't just have the recipe to your problems. We don't just have the recipe to the things that are going on in this day and age, but God has given us the power. And God has given us I wish somebody would believe that in this house this morning. Amen. I want to give great honor and privilege to the angel of this house, Bishop Mayo, who's thankful for your bishop. There's nobody like that man right there. When I get around him, I just get excited. I get a fire in my heart. And I'm so thankful for that. I want to give honor also to your youth pastor, Brother Logan Sargent, who's in the building. Thank you, sir. It's been an honor. I've been able to spend some time with him. And there's just some people that you meet and you just feel that connection. And uh, I want to thank God that I felt that connection with him. And I'm, I'm excited for the, the future of Cornerstone. I'm excited for the future of Cornerstone. Amen. I feel such an impetus in this house today uh, as Bishop began to relate. There is, there is more than just a connection because of my father to this house, but I, I, I genuinely feel a spiritual connection to this place. And I, I pray that God would give me the power to adequately give you what he's given me. And so for the next few moments, I wonder if we could just lift our hands. If we could just get rid of all the preemptive thoughts. If we could get rid of all the preemptive feelings. God, would you come into this house right now, Lord? Oh, Lord, would you erase anything, God, that would hinder a move of Jesus? God, right now, would you saturate our hearts, Lord? Saturate our minds, Jesus. Saturate our spirits in this house, Lord. Lord, would your presence flow freely in this house? Would your power fall from heaven right now, Jesus? Lord, right now, would devils begin to quiver in their seats, Jesus, as they feel your anointing begin to sweep through this house, Lord? Oh, would you break chains in this house this morning, God? Would you break bonds in this house this morning? In your mighty name we pray, in Jesus' name. I would like to direct your attention to the book of Proverbs, chapter 6. We'll begin at verse 1. Amen. The Bible says, My son, 
If thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth, thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Do this now, my son, and deliver thyself when thou art come unto the hand of thy friend. Go humble thyself and make sure thy friend. Give not sleep to thine eyes nor slumber to thine eyelids. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. We see in this list of scriptures here that the writer is pleading with the young man to save himself from the impeding danger that is about to take place in his life. If we jump down a few verses, down to verse 23, he says again, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life, to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by the means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. The writer is saying again, I'm telling you, you got to get what I'm trying to speak to you right now. Because there's something, there's someone that wants you, that is coming and is hunting after you. If we skip to chapter 7, beginning at verse 6. We see the story unfold. For at the window of my house, I looked through my casement and beheld among the simple ones. I discerned among the youths, a young man void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner. And he went the way to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. And beheld there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot. And subtle of heart. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Now is she without. Now in the streets. And lieth in wait at every quarter. So she caught him and kissed him. And, in, and with an impudent face said unto him. I have peace offerings with me this day. Have I prayed for my bowels, vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee. Diligently to seek thy face. And I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, alloys, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with loves. For the good man is not at home. He has gone a long journey. God's not coming back anytime soon. What are you worried about? You got plenty of time. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. He goeth after her straightway as an ox, goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths. For she cast down many 
wounded. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. For a few moments, I simply want to preach the predator of your soul. The predator of your soul. Would you lift your hands in this place? God, would you enter in right now? God, right now, would you awaken a heart in this house right now, Jesus? Would you break up the rocky ground right now, Lord? Oh, we pray, Jesus. We know that eternity is at stake in this house, Lord. Oh, God, would you descend from heaven right now, Jesus? Let your glory fill this place. Jesus' name we pray. You may be seated. Just like there are predators in the natural, let me tell you that there are predators in the supernatural. I know I'm preaching to a church who understands that there's more to life than just earthly things. That there is more to life than just our fleshly body. I'm preaching to a church that understands we are body, soul, and spirit. And you understand that our spiritual man is a whole lot more prevalent than our physical man. I'm preaching to a church that understands the spiritual world is alive and active and moving, moving every second of every minute of every day. With that understanding, I'm preaching to some people in this house that you haven't even realized it. And there is a predator that has been stalking you in the supernatural. There is a predator that has been following you in the supernatural. He's been watching you when you wake up. He's been studying your morning routine. He's been walking with you as you walk into your place of work. He's been walking with you as you walk into your school. He's right behind your shoulder at every moment. He's listening to every thought that is in your head. And he is learning every depth of your being. As a 19-year-old young man, I have a very good grasp on the day and age in which we live in. I know the societal pressures of life. I know the spiritual wickedness in high places. I see the demoralization of the society in which we live. I know the day and age in which we struggle If we were to compare it to 50, 60 years ago, it it wasn't as crazy as the day and age we live in. You may have had to look for it a little bit harder than you do now. You may have had to search for it a little bit deeper. But I know as you walk through the grocery store and you're exposed to things that are affecting your spirit, as you're mindlessly scrolling through apps on your phone, you're seeing images that are being implanted into your soul and into your spirit. The devil has become more bold than ever. We have women like Cardi B and Megan the Stallion performing vile acts on stages as entertainment. We have politicians who are deciding the fate of the world, saying that it is empowering to women. We have men like Sam Smith, who's confused on his own gender and hasn't found God in his life. Let me tell you, 
that we are going to see, Bishop, we were just talking about this, we are going to see a surge of homosexuality and, and gay and lesbians, lesbians coming back to church, and they're going to be retransitioning. You better get comfortable with it, Cornerstone. It's the will of God that you be a light. It's the will of God that you be a rock for people who understand, you know what? God did make me the way I am. The devil tried to confuse me. The devil tried to stop me. The devil tried to block me. But God forbid I stay in bondage. God forbid I stay in sin. We have men like Sam Smith performing satanic rituals and I don't have the time to dive into it but it, if you just take a few moments and research it at the Grammys one of the most programmed shows in all of television every year CBS News who is infiltrating the hearts and minds tweeting we are ready to worship as scary as these realities are as frightening and as heart-gripping to see the demoralization of the world in which we live in. Let me tell you, these are not the things that the church needs to be watching out for the most. Let me tell you that these things are not threatening us on a day-to-day -day basis the most. The things that are threatening us the most are the hidden things. It's the subtle things. It's the seemingly harm, harmless things. Those are the things that are posing the greatest threat to the survival of an apostolic-filled person in the 20th century. You guys come to a church, and you have a bishop who I like to call a certified devil slayer. Bishop Mayo doesn't play around with no devils. If a devil was walking to here, I pray for that devil. And as much as we can be demonstrative in here, and we can cast out demons, and we can cast out devils, let me tell you, it's not always those things that have the greatest effect in your life. Sometimes he comes in as a promotion on your job that has you missing service to service. Sometimes... It's that cute guy or that cute girl at your work who's giving you a little bit of attention. And you may have not got attention from someone like that before. And it tickles the strings in your heart. Sometimes it's that new song on the radio that just has a cool beat. I just listen to it for the beat. I just listen to it because I like the tune. The devil is watching you. He's beginning to infiltrate the areas of your life. The devil is as sly and as sick, slick as ever. I know we see him as demonstrative as ever, but let me tell you, he has got as cunning as he has ever been. Because he knows if he can disconnect the realities of the craziness and disconnect to us the small things, then we'll never know what's happening. If we're so focused on watching out for the crazy things in life, if we're so focused on watching out for the craziness of sin, 
he could start slipping in the small things into our life. He could start infiltrating into the small and hidden places. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I find it interesting that it uses the word sober. Can it be that in 2023, we are getting drunk on the things of this world and not even know it? You see, when you get drunk, you don't even have the knowledge that you're stumbling around. You don't have the knowledge that you're not forming correct sentences. Can I tell you that there's people, you walk in here on a Sunday morning and on a Tuesday, and you walk in here on a Friday night, and you don't even know that you're filled with the alcohol of this world, and you're filled up to the brim with the mess and the junk in this world. You walk in here, and your brother may not realize it, and your sister may not realize it, and your youth pastor may not realize it, but you're blinded. You're blinded by the vileness that you have filled your heart with. Predators are hunters. I know today that I have a great cloud of witnesses of hunters in this house. I am one myself, and as I began to read this verse, it intrigued me. As many know in here, there are multiple layers that come into play when you are hunting. And I immediately drew some correlations between hunting in the physical and hunting in the spiritual. One of the most popular things that you look for when you're hunting is game trails. On game trails, they normally lead to one of two things, either food or water. I'm telling you that in the supernatural, there's some people who have been walking down some game trails You've been walking down game trails and you're seeing, you're trying to search for that food. You're trying to search for that water that'll quench the thirst, that'll quench the desire that is in your heart. And the predator is watching you. He's watching who you follow on Instagram. He's watching you as you scroll through YouTube. And the predator is seeing the history the predator is watching every aspect of your life. He's watching the songs that are being played on your phone. He is watching everything and he is taking notes of the trails that you are walking down. Another thing that is commonly used are decoys. Decoys are meant to imitate something that they are not. I'm telling some people that you have some people in your life who look like you, who talk like you, who think like you. But let me tell you, they're nothing but a decoy in your life for the devil to begin to get his foot in. He wants you to get comfortable. He, he wants you to see, I, I'm not the only one who thinks like this, Bishop Mayo. I'm not the only one who feels these ways. I'm not the only one who thinks these thoughts. And the whole time, whether you realize it or not, you're walking towards this. And there's a predator 
who's watching every single one of your moves. Another way is calls. Calls simulate an animal in distress. When a predator hears a call, they will come from miles and miles away because they know that the animal is vulnerable. Let me submit to you that the devil is paying attention to the words that come out of your mouth. The devil is paying attention to what you are saying to your brother and sister. The devil is paying attention to what you're saying about your man of God. The devil's paying attention when it's just you in your car and you just mutter something out. The devil says, boys, right here. The gossip that we spread, the rebellious comments, he's listening and he is watching and seeing that you are vulnerable. He is seeing that you are in a moment of weakness and he is preparing to pounce. But let me tell you, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. When I was preparing for this message, I was at home on my bed. I had a dream. In my dream, it was complete darkness. And I just heard a ferocious growling, ferocious growling right in my ear. Waking up from that, it startled me, and I was then in consciousness, but I was transfixed to my bed, and I can, could not move. And this growling just continued to circle and circle and circle around my head. I couldn't speak. I couldn't move couldn't open my eyes I just began to say in my head Jesus 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 until finally it broke off my lips and I said Jesus when I said that name it broke and God told me the battlefield is in your mind son the battlefield isn't in your relationships. The battlefield isn't in the things that you're trying to see them in, but the battlefield is right here. In, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. If we break down that phrase, as he thinketh in his heart, it's, it's a paradox. It's how can I think in my heart, Bishop Mayo? What the Bible is trying to show you is that there is a direct correlation between your heart and your mind. I come to preach to some people who you've been trying to follow your heart for too long. You've been trying to follow what your heart is saying for too long. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Let me tell you, it's in your heart's nature to deceive you. It's in your heart's nature to lie to you. Go ask the Apostle Paul what happens when you listen to your heart. Sorry, not the Apostle Paul. Go ask King Saul. King Saul ended up in a witch's house 
summoning spirits because he was listening to his heart. He then ends up committing suicide because he couldn't delineate between his heart and his mind. So musicians make their way up. I'm coming to a close. There's a story that I heard of a hunter. The hunter was out one day. It was on a day just like today. Fresh snowfall. He needed to get him and his grandma some food. Takes his gun. And he starts hiking through the snow. As the hunter is hiking through the snow, he's going and he knows a popular game trail in the area. And he finds the game trail and he gets on the game trail and he's walking down the game trail. Not too long walking down the game trail, he finds some tracks in the snow. He begins to follow these tracks. Follows these tracks for about an hour until it opens up to a lake. When he gets to this lake, he looks off in the distance and he sees a deer. As the hunter lifted his rifle, the deer took off. So, hunter begins to walk over to where the deer was. As he walks over, finds the tracks again, begins to walk. Walking, following these tracks. 30 minutes passes, an hour passes, two hours pass of him following the tracks of the deer. Till finally he gets to a clearing and he sees the deer again eating. Again, this time a little bit faster, he lifts his rifle and the deer takes off again. The hunter at this point is more maddened that the deer got away from him. So he trudges on following through the thick snow <laughs> gasping for breath at this point out of energy tired following the deer for hours and hours and hours and hours following this deer this time he sees a clearing and he approaches it a little bit more subtle gets his rifle up he sees the deer Hunter takes the shot. Boom! Perfect shot. The deer goes flying away. The hunter walked over to where he shot the deer. Sees the trail of blood. Starts following that trail of blood. It's now seven hours into hunting this deer. He said, it's finally here. The deer's finally mine. I've been waiting for this. I'm hungry. My grandma's hungry. He hikes a mile, two miles, three miles, four miles, five miles. He finally was out of breath. It's probably like me this morning. Puts down his gun. He said, took off his pack. He said, I'll come get this when I get the deer. Just his coat, skin and knife. He's following the blood trail, following the blood trail. And the hunter is now... Eight o'clock in the evening, the hunter's been hunting all day. I'm going to get this deer. I'm going to get this deer. I'm going to get this deer. No matter what I have to do, this one's too precious. This one means too much to me. He's following this deer. He's exhausted. He can't run. He's just trudging through the snow. 
he sees off a hundred feet a deer. The deer is just crawling on its legs, pulling itself forward and forward and forward. The hunter just keeps walking after the deer. I'm gonna get the deer. I'm gonna get the deer. The hunter finally begins to close the distance on the deer. So the deer is just sitting in the snow, exhausted, tired, sick of fighting, tired of fighting. The hunter walks up to the deer. Whoo! I finally got my prize. He touches the foot of the deer. The hunter collapses in exhaustion. The snow. Hunter rolls over on his knees because he knows he has to now skin this deer. But the deer's gone. Perplexed. Hunter says, gets up. Sees a blood trail of where the deer went, and he starts. He's got a resurgence of, man, I got to get this deer. He, and he follows it 100 feet, 200 feet, and the blood trail disappears, and the deer's gone. Preaching to some people in this place that you're tired of fighting life. You're tired of fighting the fight. And you feel like you're about to die. You feel like the devil has you backed up into a corner. And there's no other options than the option to just let him get you. You've turned to everything. You've tried everything. Everything has failed you. But let me tell you, where you are weak, God is ready to intervene in your situation. God is ready to meet you at the point of your greatest need. But your desperation for that has to match God's desperation. And your desperation has to match the desperation of the predator in your life. Preaching to some people in this house. You got up this morning. You didn't feel like you could make it. You stumbled your way to this building. But I've come to preach that if you'll run, if you'll run, if you'll stay steady, if you'll keep fighting, if you'll keep walking, that God is going to reach down in this house tonight and God is going to baptize you with fresh endurance. God is going to baptize you with fresh understanding. God is going to baptize you with fresh power in your life. And it doesn't matter what may face you. It doesn't matter the obstacles that you face on a day-to-day basis. Jesus is going to give you the strength. Jesus is going to give you the victory to overcome those things. We could all stand in this place. Amish chapter 3 verse 12 says, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, an adversary there shall be even round about the land. He shall bring down thy strength from thee, and thy places shall be despoiled. You click quickly read on. Through Amos it says, 
Thus saith the Lord, as the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs are a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed and in Damascus on a couch. Don't let your story be the man of God is reaching into the mouth of a lion. He's reaching out and he's pulling out the ears. If they only would have listened to me. If they only would have listened to me pleading with them. When he pulls out the leg, if only they would have kept on. If only they would have kept running. If only they would have stayed committed to the fight. God was ready to meet them. God was ready to change their life. God was ready to bring them through the moment. As this altar is open, there's some people you got to run. You got to run right now. It doesn't matter who's around you. It doesn't matter who's watching you. You got to run. You got to make a commitment in this house tonight, today. Lord, whatever I got to do, Jesus. God, I know I don't have much strength left. God, I know it looks impossible. God, I know it looks like there's no way out. But Jesus, I know if I stay committed, if I stay pushing, if I stay running the race, that you will give me the strength, God. How desperate are you this morning? How desperate are you this morning? How desperate are you to get out of your situation? How desperate are you to get a breakthrough? How desperate are you to move on? The predator is watching. The predator is seeing your response this morning. The predator is seeing if you're going to stay in a pew. The predator is watching if you're going to be satisfied with your circumstance. Or if you're going to run. If you're going to run. If you're going to get out of the mess you're in. If you're going to break through the bars that have told you.